First things first, the last time these two teams met was just before Christmas last year. The Packers beating the Vikings 23-10 in Minneapolis. This is a really different football team in Minnesota than it was at that point in time. How is this team going to look different this year to Packers fans? Well, yeah, I think the first thing is you've got, um, you know, what was the most glaring thing that happened last time in that uh, December 24th or 23rd game? It was, you didn't have a healthy Dalvin Cook, you didn't have a healthy Alexander Madison, so the run game looked really, really not so good. And um, I think that that's obviously the noticeable difference. And, you know, whether Dalvin Cook has a contract or not at this point, I think the team has a lot of depth at that position um and they should be just fine kind of whichever way that they want to go with that but you know you don't have Stefan Diggs in the Vikings offense anymore the offensive line looks different but I think honestly you know for the offense you have more continuity this year than you probably did in years past and and this defense does look different um you know by and large the way that you look at the Minnesota Vikings this year is They've made a lot of moves that signify, hey, we're all in right now, but we're also built for 2021, and that's when the real expectations get in to play. But um, I think you can look at this team now and say, hey, this roster, you know, the addition that they made of Unique and Gakwe two weeks ago, um, it, it signifies that their defense should be a top 10 defense, no question, but also that they're making moves that show you they do think they can win this year, and they do think it's realistic. Yeah, so I wanted to ask you, Courtney, about Ngakwe. Why did the Vikings of all teams feel it necessary to make that move? Because I got to believe they had some competition for him. Yeah, um, I was really surprised um, that they, that he actually ended up in Minnesota. I know that there were a handful of other teams that seemed like better suitors, at least at the time. Um, but then you realize with Minnesota, like they were looking for a pass rusher once they couldn't land Everson Griffin. Uh, or get him to come back as a free agent and sign a you know similar deal to the one that he signed in Dallas. So they were looking for pass rush help up front. I mean, Daniel Hunter has not practiced all of um, you know didn't practice all of training camp, and you know that was a little bit of a concern. But also on the other side, Afadio Denebo is a good player, but can he handle that Everson Griffin type role? Possibly, but when you have an elite pass rusher that's out there and you are a team that is trying to go all in now and later, I think it's a move that you have to make. And Mike Zimmer, when I asked him, said that they're always looking for pass rushers, and specifically recently that was one of the things that was on their priority list. You know, Once they initially didn't get the Dalvin Cook thing done around like the 12th of August, um, they moved on, and they wanted to get somebody else in there to kind of shore up the defensive line because – you know, you lose Michael Pierce because he opts out of the 2020 season due to respiratory concerns. That was your biggest free agent acquisition to replace Winkle Joseph. And you're kind of shuffling there. And, you know, to be able to shore up both defensive end spots, to have somebody that could probably draw some attention away from Daniil Hunter, I think was a big priority. Courtney Cronin of ESPN. She covers the Vikings for ESPN.com. Joins us here on WTMJ. Courtney, where do you feel Vikings fans stand on Kirk Cousins going into this season? I know he's kind of a polarizing topic, maybe depending on the week or the game. What's the vibe you get from Vikings fans about uh, about where they stand on Kirk going into 2020? I think that there's people who believe that they saw what they needed to see in that Saints game, that he can win the big game, that he can go into a place um, like you know, the, the Superdome and be able to pull out a win in overtime and send his team to the next round of the playoffs. Like, that's important. Um, but, you know, beyond that, I think there's still the skeptics who think, what, you know, 
unless if everything's not status quo or perfect around Kirk, can he make can he make up for that? Can he elevate the play around him? And I think we'll finally see that this year because he does have a lot of weapons at his disposal. I mean, a really good receiver named Adam Thielen. He's still around. He becomes number one this year. He doesn't have Stephon Diggs to draw attention away from him. Um, so Adam, that's a big test for Adam Thielen, but that's going to be Kirk's security blanket in the receiving game until he can trust Jefferson Jefferson, BC Johnson, those guys, uh, to be able to, you know, you know, work on that connection and, 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 you know, further, further the work that they put in this off season, they just didn't have that time. It typically Kirk has these throwing sessions with these guys, um, and they had to kind of expedite that process. So Thielen's a guy he's known for a couple of years now. That's where the chemistry is the strongest. That's going to be Kirk's security blanket. But also you have, you know, Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison. You have a great running game um, that's going to take pressure off them. They could be one of the better play-action teams in the league, as they've been, you know, last last year they were, certainly. But also expect the tight end usage to spike. I mean, Gary Kubiak's offenses typically feature the number three receiver is, is oftentimes a tight end. And when you have someone like Irv Smith, who's such a high-ceiling player and – we're waiting to kind of see how he takes off this year because once you once you saw Thielen go down last year, Smith stepped in and, and did admirably for a rookie receiver, and he wasn't just a blocking tight end. He was somebody who was actively involved in the passing game. So you got him, Kyle Rudolph. I mean, you have a lot of weapons around Cousins. So you, you'd like to think, uh, if you're a Vikings fan, that, hey, the pieces are in place. Everything's there to insulate Kirk. Now, when the moment comes where Kirk has to, you know, pull his weight for the rest of the team and pull the rest of the team along. Can he do it? You haven't seen too many instances of that, at least throughout his career in Minnesota. Um, so that's one thing I think that there, where people kind of have a little bit of pause, but you know, the offense looked decent. Um, you know, it, most of camp, they were ahead of the defense, which that's what you want mm-hmm. at that time of year, but we'll see how it happens when, you know, he's got Darius Smith and Preston Smith, you know, bearing down on him. Can the offensive line, the interior, which has been the biggest problem for this team for years, can that hold up and can Kirk, you know, work under pressure better than he has in years past? It's going to be one of the many fascinating things to uh, to watch at U.S. Bank Stadium on Sunday afternoon. Last thing for you, Courtney, uh, what is U.S. Bank Stadium going to be like without fans in there? Like, I, I think when Wisconsinites think of that environment, it's raucous, it's crazy, it's loud. It has been for decades from old stadium to new stadium. What's it going to be like in there, and what's the plan from the Vikings in terms of pumping things up and making it feel like a home game? Yeah, I know they're going to be pumping in crowd noise. We were there for a scrimmage, like a pseudo scrimmage a couple of weeks ago. And from the press box vantage point, it felt loud. But like players you talk to say they don't really notice it on the field, which, you know, that defense, the reason, you know, not the sole reason, but a main, you know, a big part of why they're so successful is because of the, the support that they get from the crowd. And we talked to Harrison Smith and he said, yeah, it'll be easier to communicate because when it's loudest is when the offense is on the field, the opposing offense, and it's hard for the defense. You know, luckily they've been together now five, six years, most of these players. Um, there's a lot of nonverbal cues, things like that they can pick up on, but the communication is typically very hard when it's that loud in there. That's why it's, you know, why they had one of the best third-down defenses the last few years because – it's hard to, you know, for an offense to communicate when they're trying to move the chains and it's screaming levels of noise in there. So I'm curious. I know that every NFL team can pump in noise to a certain decibel level, and I'm sure the Vikings will be no different from that. But 
it's going to feel empty. I mean, I know they're still going to do all of their game day traditions type things and, and, you know, having everything queued up, ready to be played over the loudspeakers, um, you know, first down, what they do is during first down, the skull clap, or their skull chant, um, the Gallahorn, like, let's go crazy when there's a touchdown. All of that's going to be the same. I just, I don't know how it's going to feel. I think it's going to feel pretty empty when all that stuff's going on and there's no fans there to actually like be part of it and, and take that noise level up further. Yeah, it's going to be a strange NFL Sunday for everybody, and I'm sure it'll be uh, feeling quite similar at Lambeau uh, in, in a week's time or so. Courtney, thank you so much for taking some time for us. We appreciate it. Hopefully we can catch up with you at some point down the line. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me.